Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Laura Crawford. You are Laura Crawford. How's it going? Thank you. Uh, it's been kind of a tough week. We got some bad news in the LA comedy community. I don't know if you heard. Um, I did. One of my friend, good friends, Richard Bain, committed suicide, which is very awful. Richard and I work together a lot uh, on farms <laughs> and doing other stuff. And he's probably one of the people I've spent the most time with over the last year. So it's big. It's surprising and it's very sad. He was a big fixture in the Portland and LA comedy community. If you want to check out his stuff? He's hilarious. Yeah, no longer with us, sadly. It seems like there's been an L.A. comedian who's committed suicide like once a year since I've been out here. And I can't imagine any other job where, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other jobs where... Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, yeah. It's just mental illness runs so rampant among comedians. Not us, though. No, yeah. And also, I think um, this is speculative, but a lot of times people I know, at least two of the people I know, is uh, seems to be related to drug and alcohol binges. But that's not important. <laughs> um, no, it is. It is important. And uh, yeah, it's very sad. And we're all in quarantine. So there's a limited amount of shit you can do for this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if please reach out to uh, people you know, if you are having any sort of self-harm thoughts, especially since we're all so isolated. Good to know. And if you're having thoughts about whether Joe Scarborough murdered one of his aides in 2001 (laughs) hit up me and laura how about that for a segue huh i know you're like oh we're already energy's already nose diving let's pull pull this plane back up daddy i'm gonna pull a uh, what is it a fucking i'm gonna be denzel washington in flight which is a movie i saw right before i moved to la very scary uh just flip this plane around terrible uh let's move from tragedy to tragedy let's make a lateral move and talk about our most recent thing the president wanted to talk about rather than memorial day or hundred thousand dead from coronavirus is joe scarborough a murderer joe scarborough a murderer is joe scarborough a murderer that's the question on everyone's mind just joking mostly trump did psycho joe in cold blood bash the skull of a skank intern he was plowing on his desk in florida in 2001 while he was in washington for the record <laughs> his dick is that big <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking a woman in florida and bashing her head against the desk and killing her no but that's what we're gonna talk about today this recent uh conspiracy tweeted by one the president donald j trump alleging that msnbc host joe scarborough was a murderer yeah he's tweeted this four times in may alone he's tweeted about this he's really adamant that this is a cold case and an unsolved mystery that needs to be looked into by comcast was the first person he said should investigate it and it's like what the fuck's comcast gonna do pal (laughs) the comcast police (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna charge you for your router and arrest you for murder (laughs) i was gonna say i make this point later on but uh i do love how donald trump tweets about this as being both an unsolved mystery and a cold case (laughs) just to point out that he's been watching a lot of cbs (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not here to disparage cbs they do have some good shows but he's wrong. This is not a cold case at all. Can we apply any law in order? <laughs> <laughs> That's an NBC show, Crawford. Oh, Pull I'm it sorry, together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Come on. Yeah. So Donald Trump has been tweeting about this like mad recently. Uh, and uh, I like to read his tweets. We can just see who does these better with these. Uh, May 4th, he said, Comcast should open up a long overdue Florida cold case against psycho Joe Scarborough. I know him and crazy Mika well. Use them beautifully in the last election. Dump them nicely and we'll state on the record that he is quote unquote nut besides bad ratings. Hashtag open Joe cold case. May 12th, he tweeted, when will they open a cold case on the psycho Joe Scarborough matter in Florida? Did he get away with murder? Some people think so. Why did he leave Congress so quietly? Isn't it obvious? What's happening now? A total nut job. That sounded more like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> a total nut job. On May 24th, he wrote, A lot of interest in the story about Psycho Joe Scarborough. So a young marathon runner just happened to faint in his office, hit her head on his desk and die. I would think there's a lot more to the story than that. An affair? What about the so-called investigator? Read story. And then, on May 26th, he tweeted, the opening of a cold case against Psycho Joe Scarborough was not a Donald Trump original thought. This has been going on for years, long before I joined the chorus. In 2016, when Joe and his wacky future ex-wife Mika would endlessly interview me, I would always be thinking, dot, dot, dot. He is right about that part. He's not the only person who has pushed this conspiracy theory over the years. No, no. <laughs> but none of those people have proven it either. No, no one's proven anything. So uh, in looking into this story, uh, we have to go back to 2017 when Donald Trump first tweeted about it. And he said, so now that Matt Lauer is gone, when will the fake news practitioners at NBC be terminating the contract of Phil Griffin? And will they terminate low ratings Joe Scarborough based on the quote unquote unsolved mystery that took place in Florida years ago? Investigate. Yeah. I love how he wants someone to be canceled for low ratings more than the fact that they're a murderer. Yeah, he keeps going back to low ratings constantly. <laughs> but seriously, he's just like, yeah, just cancel that motherfucker. Plus, he's a murderer. Yeah. When he tweeted about it back then, the Washington Post reported on it and they figured out that he was referring to uh, the 2001 death of Lori Klausutis, who was a 28-year-old aide who worked for Scarborough at the time when he represented Florida's first congressional district. Yeah, this wasn't a thing that a lot of people knew about, so they did have to do a little digging to figure out what the fuck he was even talking about. Because, uh, again, the only one at the time talking about it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Lori was uh, working for Scarborough, uh, but this is a weird time in the Scarborough story. So the time of the, her death, authorities concluded that she died after losing consciousness from an abnormal heart rhythm and collapsed, striking her head on a desk. And the desk was in the office of Joe Scarborough. Right. But it was in his satellite office. And in a different county so it wasn't an office he used frequently yeah so uh this was kind of uh well i don't know how this lines up in the timeline with gary condit and chandra levy that's the thing we have i have some stuff in the notes later about the comparisons between the two and okay. yeah. chronologically they they line up really well we just did an episode of this podcast about chandra levy as luck would have it and this is all happening around the same general time. Which is like right before 9-11. Right. Which that's an important thing to remember when you hear people talking about, oh, why did the media, they just drop this story? It's like, yeah, 9-11 happened 
We were a little preoccupied for a few months after that. It was kind of the most important thing to happen to the United States since Pearl Harbor, arguably. (laughs) Right, right. Possibly more. It was a pretty big story. A lot of things got bumped as a result. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Ted Intern, I've heard this one before. That's why you're thinking probably that it's sort of a a similar accusation or coincidence of things that this did happen at the same time. And uh, so just to kind of go over these kind of immediate details, if you're thinking this sounds fishy right off the bat, according to a police report, Placidus had told a colleague that she was not feeling well the day before she was found dead. And uh, I think we also talk about this, that uh, she had told a uh, uh, postman a guy, their post guy, right. who came by, who uh, she said, hi, oh, you know, I'm not feeling well. She had told at least two people that she didn't feel well right before this happened. And uh, yeah, so she was on a couple of this woman. She was 28, which is, you know, a very healthy young age, usually that people don't die at. But uh, she said that she had been taking medication for acne when she'd suffered a head injury in a traffic accident uh, when she was a teenager. And that had left her in a coma. So, yeah, I think we all kind of know at this point that, uh, you know, as as fun as they make it seem in the movies when people get knocked unconscious, (laughs) you know, and as much as we talk about, you know, like, uh, when they're always talking about football, they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, bash style football. And we always think that's kind of fun. Or we talk about in boxing with someone being punch drunk. Head injuries are not as fun as we used to think they were back in the early 2000s. They're not, they've, they've lost that wacky edge they used to have. <laughs> Did you know that, in fact, small birds do not fly around your skull when you just suffer a traumatic brain injury? Yeah. There was that good long time there where an NFL player would get a concussion and we'd be like, oh, you're coming out of the game? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, your helmet got knocked off? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in wrestling, too, there would be all kinds of gimmicks where a character would uh, suffer a concussion one week and the next week they'd be acting all goofy. Oh, yeah. They would act silly. Yeah. Watching uh, 2001 WWE, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I'm scared for him because the number of uh, chair shots that man has taken to the head is outrageous. But so uh, talking back to Lori, uh, the woman who died in this case, she uh, maybe suffered from some seizures in the past. And uh, in this case, you know, she obviously had a worrisome medical history and the police who were investigating her death concluded there was no evidence of foul play and this death was ruled purely accidental and closed. So is it a cold case? No, it's not a cold case at all. It never was. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a cold case. And the notion that no one investigated this in the media at the time is untrue. There was a guy named Bill Adair, who is the journalist who founded PolitiFact, which is a generally well-respected website. He was working for the St. Petersburg Times at the time, which is now, I think, the Tampa Bay Times. And he looked into this case in 2001 when it happened. And he said after looking into the case and interviewing the police chief and the medical examiner who performed the autopsy, who we will talk about more later, Adair concluded there was no question in my mind that this was an accidental death and that there was no foul play. Hmm. And how how often do you hear about journalists denying that a story might exist or an interesting lead in something like this that would get them front page headlines? Right. And it's important to keep in mind that Bill Adair founded PolitiFact, which is a left-leaning website. And Joe Scarborough was a Republican congressman. So if anyone would have had a little motivation to take down Joe Scarborough after looking into this, it would have been Bill Adair. Like, he wouldn't have pulled any fucking punches. 
there would be no reason for him to. And we can talk about it a little bit more later if we want or people are interested. But Joe Scarborough, I mean, for all his, uh, you know, Rivers Cuomo glasses now and anti-Trump rants, back in the 90s, this man voted to impeach Bill Clinton. He uh, passed these new laws uh, concerning damage to fetuses and uh, was extremely pro-life. He, uh, he <laughs> you know, wanted to cut the minimum wage. He wanted to take down HUD. So a lot of things to do with education and reform that we're kind of for nowadays. This guy was totally against it. Right. So if people in the media, which it's interesting, we'll we'll get into more details about this later too, but it was kind of painted as, oh, the media is protecting Joe Scarborough, like the people who push this theory. And it's like, when did that switch happen where the media used to protect Republicans and now they protect Democrats? Like, where did that because that's what we hear now is that the media is just all biased toward Democrats. But back then it was people were saying, well, the media is protecting Joe Scarborough. That's like because he's a Republican. He switched sides completely and he's still being protected. It's kind of interesting that he's it's sort of it's almost 1984 ish. Right. It's like, who are we fighting now? Joe Scarborough, the Republican or Joe Scarborough, the Democrat? Yeah. Not he says he's independent, but whatever. But also his music sucks. So no one's protecting that. Um, is he a musician? Dude, he's always had a band and his band is fucking balls. Yeah. So he was on Colbert. <laughs> he was on Colbert for the something in his band played, which is like, it's like, it's kind of fun. It's sort of like like a really bad version of a Jimmy Buffett crossed with uh, some light clash inspired song. I don't know. Really bad. Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of this podcast. Did you know there's a new way to subscribe to Conspiracy the Show? Head to conspiracy.supercast.tech. And for just $3 a month, you get every episode of Conspiracy the Show including bonus episodes, completely ad-free. Not sure if you know this, but as of right now, there are still nearly 40 episodes of this show that have never been released publicly. So, if you're looking for a way to occupy all that newfound free time you have, we can totally help. Again, head to conspiracy.supercast.tech and sign up today for just $3 a month. Or, as always... To get everything the Unpops Network has to offer for one still insanely low price, check out patreon.com slash unpops. Either way, thanks for listening and thanks for the support. We love you. Let's get back to the show. But also, I mean, we can talk a little bit about his personal life at that time, which was uh, so Joe Scarborough had been married and had two kids. And then around 2001, he married this other woman who was uh, who worked for George H.W. Bush or sorry, George W. Bush when he was governor of Florida. So he was married, going to marry the staffer. So there's all these rumors embedded with this story speculating that Joe Scarborough was having this affair with Lori. But nothing from Joe Scarborough's personal life or her personal life point to that at all. Right. And that's that's one of the ways it doesn't parallel the Gary Condit thing, because Gary Condit did very much have a relationship with the girl who went missing, whereas Joe Scarborough has always maintained he met this woman like three times in the entire time she worked for him. 
which is very fucking possible. Oh, totally. And uh, from all like uh, Lori uh, Klesheis's, uh, from all her friends and everything, they just say that she had a happy marriage. She was her nickname was Little Mary Sunshine, and uh, her husband and her were moving into a new house. She was getting a new job. She was taking college classes. Like nothing in their marriage pointed to she's having an affair, and no one believed she was. So yeah, I think we can talk about that. But if you want to get into so a lot of these uh, like more recent things that have come out about it, we can talk about. Uh, I know you have notes here the jennifer van bergen yeah these jennifer van bergen articles are interesting i have confirmed jennifer van bergen is a real person she is a writer isn't it weird you have to do that yeah yeah well the reason i have to do it is a lot of the stories over the years that bring up this scandal they point to these this series of articles written by jennifer van bergen for a site called truth out and the thing is i can't find those articles anywhere their truth out still exists, uh, but if you search on their website for these articles, they're not there. There are a bunch of like not that reliable websites that have reposted them. And the weird thing about them is they're all dated January 4th or January 6th, 2001, which is months and months and months prior to when this death happened. So I feel like I'm not even sure if these articles ever really happened. This could be a fucking elaborate hoax that these articles ever even existed. I have no idea. But it's it's very weird that you got to do that. Uh, yeah, that's what I found weird about it is uh, linking back to things. All of the articles would say reprinted from this time or that time. And none of them, I couldn't seem to actually find the website link to the original posting. So it is, if you're looking into this and saying this whole scenario seems fishy, it does seem fishy. And I, I mean, part of me wants to say that that's somehow related to, uh, you know, the early internet and the way things were working then with journalism and printing articles but i don't know it's up to you well it could be related to the fact that if you go on the internet and openly accuse someone of murder you're kind of committing libel or defamation and and you can only get away with that if you're the president (laughs) right yeah kind of so it's very possible that joe scarborough had lawyers reach out to these people and was like look if you can prove this fine but Otherwise, we're going to fucking sue you if you leave this shit up. I don't know. I don't know what happened to these articles, but these truth out articles by Jennifer Van Bergen are very hard to find. But her reasoning for, and we'll link to them if you want to read the whole thing, but the kind of bullet point reasoning for her believing that Joe Scarborough maybe committed murder was the fact that he resigned a few months prior, which to me makes it less likely that he would have killed this woman because he resigned like five months prior to when this death happened. Like, what was he trying to prevent by murdering this woman? Like, he was already leaving Congress. Uh, yeah. It, like, I, I think I pointed out earlier that she had, uh, Lori had already gotten a new job or she was interviewing for a new job uh, that was going to give her a $6,000 raise. So she knew well ahead of time this was going to happen. And uh, she was in the office, but at the time she was going to work for a radio station, which she was really excited for. And so it it wasn't it wasn't even a surprise to her that he was going to quit Congress. Everybody in the office knew and everybody was going to get new jobs. Right. Uh, they also talk about contradictory reports about a visible head injury. And this, uh, I think, is also kind of dumb because they're basing it on the fact that a police report at one point said, well, there was no sign of head trauma. 
But the autopsy showed that she had a seven-inch fracture in her skull. That doesn't necessarily point to contradictory evidence. Like, a skull fracture isn't a thing you would automatically see, I would think. Well, yeah, it depends. I mean, women have a lot of hair. This sounds so stupid to say. Women have a lot of hair, and the skull is usually covered by hair. And unless there's a ton of blood around it, you probably wouldn't see a fracture unless it was bleeding out an incredible amount. And if you hit someone in the back of the head, like we're th- okay. So if you if you have an injury close to like your forehead, it's a very vascular area. You're gonna bleed a ton. That's why you know you see Ric Flair wrestling match and stuff. They to bleed up near basically their hairline cut up there with the you know microwaves because it bleeds a ton so, but if she's hit in the back of the head it's much less fast so you're not going to bleed out the same way so right. i mean it makes sense that they wouldn't see a big pool of blood or a big ga- big gash in the head and it does say that there was a bruise on her head and it's like of course there was a bruise on her head she died from an accidental fall like why wouldn't there be a bruise on her head that's a completely different thing yeah, I don't know how big she was size-wise, but, you know, let's say 130-pound force hitting a hard wooden desk, you know, with the full weight of your body, you know, dead weight, that's going to fucking hit hard. Right. She also, in these articles, points to the fact, and a lot of people point to the fact, that uh, Lori Klausudis was a marathon runner. So how would she have died of heart problems if she was a marathon runner it's impossible she was 28 years old healthy as a horse yeah this is just people not understanding how the body works and like just because you're a runner doesn't automatically mean you're healthy a good example to look up america is jim fix who granted he died a little later in life he was in his 50s But he's also the guy who basically invented jogging, if you can even say that. But he's the reason jogging became a really popular exercise in this country. He wrote two books in the 70s that like kicked that whole thing off. There's a joke about it in fucking Anchorman. Right. Yogging. It's called yogging. It was, yeah. you know, because trendy. apparently you just run. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, think about it really. Uh, if you look at like even movie stars or whatever in the 40s, 50s, they don't look that fit. But around like the 70s, you have Prefontaine, you have a lot of more track athletes or running as a popular form of exercise. I mean, uh, yeah. So that guy became huge, published books, was in the media all the time as, you know, saying this is a new healthy lifestyle. Low fat was just beginning to hit as a thing that people were into right so and america guess how he died of a heart attack while jogging he was what was referred to or what science still refers to as an obligate runner which meant he took running more seriously than anything in his life to the point that he basically ran himself to death and they have talked about Lori Klausudis running five miles a day, which isn't that extreme, but that is like a 5K a day, which right. is a, a lot of running. And she had all this other stress in her life. So the fact that she was that physically active could have been a detriment. And it seems like it was sort of a detriment when you add all the stress she was under and possibly 
an undiagnosed heart condition, which doesn't mean you got it from eating meatball subs. It could just be a fucking birth defect. It could be anything. I mean, I uh, when I was in high school, I had a kid in my high school class have a uh, brain aneurysm and just dropped dead at 17. And, it, you know, no one's going to implicate me in a murder, right? Did Laura Crawford murder <laughs> that guy of a brain aneurysm? <laughs> no, exactly. And um, so like blood clots and things like that, we uh, it's sort of mysterious how it occurs. And like we said, she was in a car accident which caused, you know, damage and uh, could cause issues with her circulatory system, her, uh, you know, her cardiac system, brain, everything like that. But also we were mentioning that she was on acne medication and I don't know exactly which one she was on, but uh, I think anyone who's ever heard of Accutane knows that it causes such serious health conditions that it can literally kill a fetus in your body. And uh, it's known to cause a a number of issues with psychosis, mental illness. It's known to cause issues with uh, swelling of the brain. It's known to cause cardiac issues. And I was looking this up and can acne medications cause heart problems? Definitely. So Mm. a lot lot of acne medications are synthetic vitamin A. They're called retinoids. And, you know, this is used to cure a lot of dermatologic disorders. And basically it can cause cardiac side effects like uh, atrial tachycardia, congenital heart disease, and cardiac remodeling. So it can cause congenital heart disease and arrhythmias, which are frequently atrial arrhythmia. And uh, a case right bundle branch block were reported due to this vitamin A use. So basically blockages and arrhythmias can both be caused by acne medications, which I'm sure aren't helped if you're running five miles a day. Right. And an arrhythmia is what killed her. That was the thing that stopped her heart. And I actually knew a person who was, I think you could describe as an obligate runner. And at one point, that motherfucker, we were just hanging out in my living room, and that motherfucker just passed out and fell into a lamp that was in the corner of the room. And it was because he had gone running under conditions that no fucking sane person would ever go running, hadn't been eating enough, and just fucking fainted right there in my living room. And he was relatively healthy, I would imagine, all that fucking running. Or maybe he wasn't because I didn't faint, but he did. And I hadn't done any running recently. So if you're hung up on the notion that she was a runner and couldn't have had heart problems as a result, you're just wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. And then I think we're also undermining how many deaths do occur in people's regular homes through things like passing out and hitting your head. That, those sort of accidents occur all the time. Do you know how a lot of bodybuilders die accidentally? They wake up in the morning to eat. You know, they have like scheduled times that they have to eat and they'll go to the fridge to eat and they're not even awake and they'll choke to death on food because they're That's just crazy. automatically eating and fall asleep while they're eating and forget to breathe and choked it up. I know a wrestler in WWE, Dana Brooke, her her uh, fiance died that way. But it's a repeated thing that happens to bodybuilders. You think people are healthy? There's no way to die like that. There's plenty of ways to die that way. Yeah. I wonder how many deaths are caused by falls a lot. in the United States. Dude, just having a step be even a quarter of an inch difference is responsible for so many deaths on staircases throughout the whole country. I mean, there's a really good series of it on YouTube uh, where a woman does these. It's for BBC. She illustrates how different er- historical eras, things in the home could kill you. Falls kill more than 27,000 people a year in the United States. So what happened to this woman is not that rare. And since the, the Jennifer Van Bergen articles bring up her husband, let's talk about her husband. Yeah, uh, Mr. Timothy Klesudis. Let's say Klesudis. If anyone would have a vested interest in whether or not this woman was murdered, it would be her husband at the time. Right. And he has actually, since this came up again, sent a letter to CEO Twitter Jack Dorsey that was published in the New York Times 
asking him to take down these Trump tweets. He said the theory had been repeatedly debunked and the resurfacing of the story had left him frustrated and grieved. This is another quote from the letter. Her passing is the single most painful thing that I have ever had to deal with in my 52 years and continues to haunt her parents and sister. As her husband, I feel that one of my marital obligations is to protect her memory as I would have protected her in life. Twitter politely declined to take those tweets down. It's insane. He's called out for these tweets to be removed, and he's never, never called for there to be an increased investigation into her death. Even at the time it occurred, he never expressed any uh, displeasure with the uh, conclusions that the medical examiner had come to. He never disagreed with what the police concluded. So it's not just that he's saying, I don't think Joe Scarborough was not involved. He doesn't think there's any more questions about her death at all. Right. It's not just that he doesn't want the president to tweet about it. It's this, this man has never had an issue with the investigation at all. Yeah. And you like you'll sometimes see something like this where the family is still insistent that an alternate theory isn't possible. And usually in those cases, someone else has already gone to prison. Mm-hmm. So the family's like, no, yeah, we already got the, the person. This there's none of that here. This is like never been a trial, never been in yeah, never been a trial, never been a, a grand jury called about this. There's never been any sort of legal proceedings to attach any guilt to anyone. Yeah. It honestly seems like she died of an accidental fall in Joe Scarborough's office. Like there is nothing here that points to murder. But there are some weird details that we have to mention, I feel like. I mean, it, it does suck that that this happened. Yeah, it, it really sucks. I don't think this was a murder. I want to go on record and say that. But it's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. And there are some not normal details on Joe Scarborough's part. Case in point, at one point, he went on the Don Imus show. And I'll just play this clip. It's really short. I think you'll be able to hear it, too. Here we go. And then we'll be right back. You know, occasionally we're going to try to help you. And you've just, right, Charles, you've got to listen. (laughs) Tell me what I need to do. Well, no, you're doing great. I mean, don't be afraid to be funny. Okay. Because you are funny. Uh, That was a, you know, I asked you why you weren't in Congress. You said you'd had sex with the intern, then you had to kill her. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty risky to say. What are you going to do? Yeah, that is pretty risky to say. Jesus. Why would he say that? It reminds me of when we did the Chandra Levy episode. There's this really weird detail where one of the women who accused John Conyers of sexual misconduct mm-hmm. said that one of the things he did at one point was he was giving her a ride home and he like pulled over and started hitting on her and she refused his advances, at which point he said, he had insider knowledge of what happened to Chandra Levy. Oh, God. Damn. And Ugh. she took it as a threat and ran from the car. Yeah, I would too. Jesus fucking Christ. So that doesn't do anyone any favors when it comes to the Chandra Levy case, knowing that that quote is out there. And oh. God damn it, Joe Scarborough. I bet he wasn't expecting Don Imus to repeat that joke 
no, on the show. I don't think he was expecting it either. I think it's just sort of, it sort of points to in general, not to go off on a tangent too hard on this, but uh, how it's interesting that Don Imus, who obviously got a lot of shit for saying racist, sexist comments, that these men, especially in the wake of the, uh, you know, Monica Lewinsky stuff, how little regard they have for life of young women. That they, they, It's just so funny. Oh yeah, fucking intern and then she's dead, right? Because they're just the holes that we use. Ha ha ha. You know, that's the vibe I get from them all, that they're just like, huh, these stupid dumb whores that want to work for us to get somewhere. Isn't it funny if they all end up dead in a hole? It's like, wouldn't it be funny if you got your fucking head cut off in Afghanistan? Yeah, it's fucking Laugh Riot. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's a really unfortunate joke premise. That's yeah, for it, goddamn sure. I mean, I've been in the situation where I've been on a podcast and someone's making a joke that I'm not expecting. And maybe a joke that I don't agree with, you know, or I've been on a radio show in Boston. I was on a morning show where the host said a bunch of racist things that I wasn't prepared. And I was really uncomfortable because I felt like I can't stop this show and be like, that was wrong. You were very racist. I don't agree with that. You know what I mean? It's like when you're in some of these situations, it is somewhat, somewhat difficult to respond. I'm sure you've been dealt with that. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it's still like, I I still can't imagine making that joke. (laughs) Like, I just, I can't picture, I don't know. I mean, I guess the fact that he wasn't mic'd up when he said it, I guess that explains why he would say it, but it still doesn't really explain why he would say it. I don't know. It's extremely weird. And also, it's just bizarre considering that Joe Scarborough had tried to have Bill Clinton impeached for having sex with an intern. And then he finds it so funny to joke about an intern being fucked and murdered. Right. And she was she an intern? She was a staffer. Volunteer? Yeah, she was one of his aides. I don't know if she was an intern, but... Yeah. It's just so funny how, like, any woman who works for a man in the retelling of a story should be like, oh, she worked for him. You can make anything sleaze, sound sleazy like that. You know what I mean? Any woman who's below a certain age who works for a man, any any media can spin it at all that they were like, oh, was he fucking her? Was he sticking it to her? You know, it's like they make it all disgusting all the time. Right. I, it's just the way they report these stories. She was in her 20s. And it's like she was a 28-year-old married woman who's like right. working for somebody. But they may always make it sound so sleazy, like fucking the secretary stuff. It's disgusting. Yeah, and it's, it's really unfortunate that that is being thrown around so much in this case when there's no evidence of it. There's yeah. no evidence at all that she was having an affair with Joe Scott. Scarborough. Yeah, yeah, or anybody. And, uh, you know, this woman's husband is being made to look like a goddamn cuck. You know what I mean? By the way, I'm so glad you found out this stuff about the medical examiner because I hadn't seen this and I'm delighted. I'm just, as someone who is a a big fan of uh, autopsies ever since I, you know, first saw X Files as a young girl. I was just uh, over the moon that you found this info. Yeah, the the other really weird detail about this, and you'll get no arguments from me that this is sketchy. The medical examiner in this case is a guy named Michael Berkland. He's the medical examiner who did the autopsy on Lori Klausudis, and he has a checkered work history, to say the least. In 1996... He was fired as a contract medical examiner in Jackson County, Missouri, after investigators found eight undissected brains when they reviewed files and specimens handled by Berkland, indicating he had fabricated autopsy results. From there, he went to work for the District 1 Medical Examiner's Office in Pensacola, Florida from 1997 to 2003. That's obviously when he would have done the autopsy in question here. He was eventually fired from that job for not completing autopsy reports. And then in 2012, 
He was arrested after authorities discovered more than 100 body parts stored in formaldehyde in plastic containers, specimen cups, trash bags, and one body part that was in a 32-ounce styrofoam cup from a convenience store. That discovery happened after Birkeland stopped paying rent on the storage unit it was all in, and it was auctioned off for $900. God, I wish I could have seen that episode of Storage Wars. <laughs> could you say that this guy got all up in them guts? <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, disgusting. Disgusting. Do you know actually Paris Hilton had a storage unit taken away from her because she didn't um she didn't provide payment for it, and that's how they find out that she had a prescription for Valtrex, the herpes medication. Oh, why would you save that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. She had it in her thing. Anyway, so this dude, yes, I just love the story of a man so incompetent the state of Missouri wouldn't have him and he had to go to Florida. And then he got fired there too. And there are There are some questions about his supervisor having donated to Joe Scarborough's campaign. Mm. But you also got to think in a case this high profile, the guy would probably not cut all those corners that he was known for cutting. But you also don't know for sure. I mean, if you really want to talk more about the issue of autopsy results, medical examiners, uh, coroners, there are fantastic, fantastic episodes of the show Frontline investigating this. It's called Death in America. And if you watch these, it's about generally, I mean, how your body is treated after you died varies wildly from state to state. And uh, it really was a big eye opener for me, scared the shit out of me. And uh, also the child cases when they talk about death investigation for kids. But those are really amazing centerpieces. Uh, the Medical examination in this in this country is uh, obviously people know about this because of all the unprocessed like rape kit results and stuff like this. But uh, labs are not immune to political pressure. Doctors are not immune to political pressure. A lot of these cases they are elected offices. Like in New Orleans, they we're talking about a lot of death investigation and things like that. So yes, if you're saying are medical results uh, always accurate? No. Are these people probably a lot of them fucked up, crazy doctors? Yeah. And in this case, this guy had like uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, in a storage unit it of just old brains that he hadn't gone through, which is disgusting and disturbing and really sad for the families of these people who, you know, really believe that justice had been done in that case. But the dude's just hanging on to this shit. Why is he keeping it? Well, he claims he was keeping it for, like, it's actually not that uncommon for medical examiners to keep body parts, but you're supposed to keep them for like a year. And if you need to do any fucking work on them in that time, you do it then. Uh, This was year, like, these were all from autopsies he would have performed in in the in the aughts right we're talking about this it was in 2012 yeah i it's it's a weird detail but it also in no way means that joe scarborough committed murder no, no it really doesn't mean that and then i i will reiterate it again which is good joe scarborough was in washington dc at the time this woman died who's not even in in the state yeah that's a really really important detail <laughs> it would be incredibly difficult for him to murder or have murdered a woman who was apparently alone in the office when she passed out and died uh so this uh we we point this out and then you <laughs> this whole issue of joe scarborough maybe murdered a woman uh you point this out it's been historically more of a talking point from the left before all this 
And uh, it's something that uh, Marcos uh, Molitsas, 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 uh, Daily Coast, which I actually really loved for a site for many years, was one of my go-to, uh, you know, for yeah, political very, news. Very uh, liberal website. Definitely yeah. not a conservative site. Something you probably read uh, about George <laughs> W. Bush back in, uh, you know, the Iraq war years yeah. and all that and stuff. And uh, so uh, people were basically saying that uh, they published an article called Why I'm Blacklisted by MSNBC. And uh, this guy got in a fight with Joe Scarborough over murder accusations. And yeah, uh, yeah. basically, Joe Scarborough went on Twitter and was complaining about biased media coverage toward Obama. Obama had the scandal going at the time that Joe Scarborough felt the media wasn't covering because he thought the media was biased in favor of Democrats. And Marcos Mulitsis jumps into that Twitter thread and says, oh, yeah, well, what about the time the media crucified Gary Condit, but just ignored your scandal altogether. And he wrote this article. He ended up getting like blacklisted from MSNBC for a while after that. And this article is still up. It's called why I'm why I am blacklisted by MSNBC. And that's why, because in the middle of this argument, he threw these murder accusations out. And in the article, he's like, I never accused him of murder. And it's like, Okay, yeah, but you're you're still bringing up this thing that has been debunked and investigated by police and questioning why it didn't get as much coverage. And it's if you look into Gary Condit, it's obvious why it didn't get as much coverage. Gary Condit lied repeatedly about his relationship with that girl while she was still missing. Yeah. And also she was missing. This girl was never missing. Everyone could always account for where the fuck she was. Yeah. If you're going to murder someone to cover something up, you're not going to do it in your fucking office. Like, that's insane. It doesn't make any sense. Where did they imagine that Joe Scarborough was? That he killed her in his office and then wasn't in his office and then she was there and then he was never arrested? Is that what they imagined? Yeah. Or did he pay someone to do it? That person also wouldn't do it in Joe Scarborough's office. Where would they be? If there was yeah. a, if there was a party who was responsible for the death, where was that party? And why wouldn't they have not been arrested? And also, a murder that would happen the way people who believe this theory... Uh, want to believe it happened which would be her getting beat to death there's gonna be blood all over that fucking room like when you hit someone with something it's going to send blood splatter onto the walls like it make noise yeah there would be an obvious difference between seeing someone who fell and hit their head and someone who was murdered and i don't there is no evidence that this woman was murdered but it also didn't stop Michael Moore at one point from launching a website called Joe Scarborough killed his intern.com still up it's Thanks, just a blank Mike. page, but it's still up. So this has, I agree, been debunked several times. And yes, there are some weird details, but God damn it, Joe Scarborough didn't murder this woman. No. And even Republicans are talking about that this is a ridiculous assertion. Uh, Rep. Uh, Adam uh, Kinzinger, uh, who's from Illinois, he recently tweeted that this is completely unfounded conspiracy. Just stop. Stop spreading it. Stop creating paranoia. It will destroy us. He's right about that. There is, I didn't put it in the notes, but there was... Uh, Catherine Harris, when she was running for, I think, Senate in Florida, there were rumors that Joe Scarborough might challenge her for that seat. And she immediately called people and was like, he's going to have to answer for these murder accusations. And people were like, nope, that's dumb. And it fucking cost her 
any chance of running in that election. It just looks stupid to float it out. Even uh, so Mitt Romney, who I'm obviously no fan of. I mean, he was an OK Massachusetts governor. He was not bad. He gave us health care. Uh, Mitt Romney calls out vile Donald Trump murder accusations against, quote unquote, psycho Joe Scarborough. It is funny that psycho Joe Scarborough is becoming like his nickname. Like he's a wrestler or a boxer or he's like, don't call it a comeback. Psycho Joe Scarborough. Uh, <laughs> He says, I know Joe Scarborough. Joe is a friend of mine. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I don't know uh, TJ Clasitis. Clasitis. Uh, I'm so sorry. I really apologize for this. I don't know why I keep saying Clasitis. It sounds like a uh, digestive issue. Uh, Joe can weather vile, baseless accusations. But TJ, his heart is breaking. Enough already. I like how Joe's, how Mitt Romney thinks there's a minimum of murder accusations he can throw at someone. But you're like, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Do it once. Okay? You get one free pass on a murder accusation. But not more than once. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I feel like there's just so many people, if there was something to this, there are so many people that hate Joe Scarborough, and they would be so on board with this. He's an asshole. He's a carpet-bagging asshole, is what he is. He's a shill. He's a shill in a stuffed shirt, and he's a dickhead, and he floated anti-vax conspiracies, because his fucking stupid kid was born in 1989, and then developed Asperger's, so he's like, oh my god, do they have vaccine issues? In 2005, he's talking to the Kennedys, who also floated a lot of that anti-vax garbage, and he's like, yeah, my sons are showing signs that he's autistic. And it's like, motherfucker, that's when people show signs for it. Yeah. I have this rock keeps tigers away. Do you want it? You dumb bastard. <laughs> and his music sucks. His music does suck. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going to yell about that for a minute because it's the stupidest shit on the planet. He's basically like Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. And this this theory is dumb. Like there's like there are some weird coincidences in this story and nothing more. So why like, do you think Donald Trump's going this way? Why do you think he's doing that, though? Well, every dictator needs to arrest their political opponents. And I feel like not just this, but also all the Obamagate stuff. I feel like Trump's sort of softening us up for that idea that, hey, maybe at some point we're going to start rounding up Democrats and throwing them in prison for the Russia investigation or for running a global sex trafficking ring or for murdering an aide in 2001. Like, this is what dictators do. It's what tyrants do. Like, actually, he needs to set, that. yeah, he needs to set this precedent at some point. If he's going to live all of his Hitler dreams to fruition, like we, there, there has to be a night of the long knives at some point. But Scarborough actually did say in an interview that he believes that uh, Donald Trump is going to attempt to have journalists rounded up and arrested. He said it himself. That's yeah, what he believes. Which is, which is very concerning as someone who hosts several podcasts that are very critical of Trump. Yeah, especially like, since he might be a murderer, not just of the eight abortions he paid for. Yeah, let's talk about... <laughs> 
Yeah, do you hear that? It's the newest count, they think. They think he might have paid for up to eight abortions. That does not surprise me one bit. The best abortions. <laughs> the best abortions. The classiest abortions. <laughs> Gold-plated vacuums up this snatch. Let's talk about this story of these three executives who oh, died. Oh, I threw this in there because I was like, hey, you want to call someone a murderer? How about I call you a murderer? Maybe, maybe Donald Trump murdered a few people. So did you know that uh, three Trump casino executives died in a helicopter crash? Yeah, I mean, that in and of itself isn't weird. People die in helicopter crashes all the time. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. We talked about it and I didn't even know about it because we were talking about like celebrities that died in helicopter crashes and this didn't come up at the time because I had no clue. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. No, it's wild. And yeah, these these three executives, they were in charge of a casino that was losing a ton of money and Trump was supposed to be on this helicopter flight with them but at the last second decided not to the helicopter ends up crashing and they find out it's because of a manufacturing flaw where one of the rotors had like a machine scratch or a tool mark on it and that caused one of the rotors to be uh unstable i guess and led to the crash but also man that sounds like a really easy way to rig a helicopter to crash yeah, you just scrape it with a tool. Uh, so we're going back to October 10th, 1989. Three Trump executives and two pilots died when a helicopter crashed into a Parkway median. And this happened around Atlantic City. And we're talking about the Garden State Parkway in Ocean County, uh, New Jersey. So uh, these guys who were, they were Stephen F. Hyde, who was 43. And he was responsible for Trump's three Atlantic City casino properties. Uh, Taj Mahal top executive Mark G. Edis, who was 38. And Jonathan Benavnev, 33, who's executive vice president of Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. So they, with the craft's two pilots, basically imagine you're driving on a highway and a helicopter, middle of the day or morning, crashes into the median and kills everyone on board. So it could have obviously been much worse. But these were the guys who were really in control of the entire business. So, uh... Like when this happened, when ultimately, so these casino properties closed, uh, but even back then they were having issues. So the Trump Taj Mahal was the fifth Atlantic City casino to close in two years. I mean, Atlantic City as a whole was really bombing out in these years in the 2000s. And uh, the Washington Post reported, this is in like 2016, that Donald Trump was blaming the failure of the Taj on those dead casino executives. Classy. Love it. Uh, so days after after this occurred, Donald Trump was obviously tasked with replacing these dudes, and he put in charge John Jack O'Donnell, and he was slotted to fill the breach. And at the at the time of this crash, he was the uh, chief operating officer of Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. You know, obviously someone who seems capable and perfectly fine. And in audio released from a 2016 New York Post interview, Trump expounded on the choice of Jack for the presidency of his empire. Only because he was the only one standing. I put Jack O'Donnell in there. And pretty typical fa- in, in typical petty fashion, Trump also called O'Donnell a third-rate executive. He's your executive! You hired him, you dumb fuck! O'Donnell <laughs> responded in his own interview with the Post, but upgraded the tech to video. He remembers Trump having panic in his voice about the future of the casinos before the executives were laid to rest. Donald was beginning to have an immense amount of pressure from the banks, bondholders, and investors. So before these guys were even in the ground, he knew the casinos were fucked. But he's like, I couldn't put anyone because everyone fucking died. It was my fault. Great. Right. Thank you. But I guess he was also scheduled to be on the Doom flight, but decided at the last minute he was too busy to leave New York. Yeah. 
And the the investigation three years later, they found that a scratch made on the rotor blade during its manufacture caused the helicopter crash. So it was it was fatigue failure on the main rotor blade. So they said it was manufacturing induced, but it also did 900 hours of flight without any issues. Right. Mm. So mm, maybe maybe Comcast should investigate that. Maybe they should cancel him. I mean, if you, I, just I mean, the point just we were making is if you want to throw out murder investigation accusations, we can throw out murder accusations, too. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. I, I still I still call on Comcast to investigate this. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of more CBS shows. Uh, it's a Wang's issue. <laughs> I don't know. Is that on? I call on the unicorn to investigate this. <laughs> oh my CBS God. Is the I have unicorn. a big bang theory I want looked into. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mom of an issue. Oh man, you're gonna need two broke girls to get this started. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. I regret nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think in conclusion, Joe Scarborough didn't murder this woman. No, I don't think so. So uh, relax. And also, I feel, I feel, I feel a bit bad that Joe Scarborough is going through this. I feel much worse for her family that's dealing with this because obviously, it's like you know, she's dead. It's bad enough to have someone die but then to be used as a prop by the president it just makes everything an extra layer of disgusting right yeah absolutely and it i'm i'm interested to see how it plays out i'm i'm interested to see how all of trump's accusations are gonna play out do you think they're gonna take the tweets down twitter no no i mean i guess the there's almost an argument for keeping them up just to like i don't know maybe joe scarborough can sue trump when he leaves office I don't really think Joe Scarborough has the balls to kill someone. I don't no, know. not no. with those fucking glasses. No, I just don't see him as a murderer. No, I it's don't see him as a murderer. Fetched. It's just also too far-fetched that he's a murderer. I just don't buy it at all. So Yeah, it doesn't seem like there was much to be gained here. It doesn't seem like she was on her way to exposing any secrets about him. Like, we already knew he was cheating on his wife by this point. He was already divorced. Like Yeah, it just also seems like a really like, easy thing to prove libel-wise in court. I know I'm not, you know, I'm not a legal expert. You're not a legal expert. I don't know exactly how libel law works in this country, but I think murderer, like in 2017, when Donald Trump first tweeted about this, he didn't say the word murderer. He didn't say it at all. He didn't say murder and he didn't say murderer. He didn't say killed. He didn't say anything like that. As time has gone on, his language has become much more harsh and solid, insane, actual murder, which is, you know, there's he's not being vague about it, which right. is which, what's crazy to me is that he seems to be doubling down on these accusations and get even more specific with what he's accusing him of. Yeah, and it it seems like it's all kind of funny and not that important, but shit like this could get very important over the next few months. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's a good point for, it's a really easy thing. So people have been trying to get Twitter to, you know, censor his tweets or take them down. People have been trying to get that for a long time because obviously they have this policy of you can't spread misinformation, but he's clearly doing that or to get him banned from Twitter altogether. So I think this could be a very uh, important milestone in that push to get him banned off Twitter, if that's what they're talking about. Yeah, he's also talking about shutting down Twitter. Yeah, oh my God, he was saying he's going to shut it down, which is so cute. He uses it more than anyone. Yeah. It's just so funny. How would he govern if Twitter was shut down? Yeah, what would he do? I don't get that. Yeah. So... I guess we'll see where this story goes. Yeah, let's check it out. That's what we got for it. I mean, it, I wish it was more interesting a story to say that, like, what interaction Joe Scarborough had with this. But 
He wasn't there. He wasn't involved with this woman. It's a really tragic circumstance. It's unfortunate for him. Uh, but I mean, if it were interesting, I would say it's interesting, but it's yeah. not. So yeah, I don't give a shit about Joe Scarborough. No, and I don't feel any need to protect him. He's a blowhard, stuffed shirt asshole. Yeah, from fucking Florida. Yeah, ugh, and he plays terrible music. His music sucks. <laughs> his music sucks. And his wife had a bleedy face. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> that was such a weird thing. And yeah, he did kiss Donald Trump's ass at a certain point. Oh yeah, he and Trump used to be really close. This yeah, which is disgusting. Trump didn't start pushing this until he and Joe Scarborough fell out. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see where it goes. In the meantime, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? No, dude. I have nothing. I've not done I'm not like doing any comedy shows or Zoom shows. I have like one coming up um at the end of May, but it's not even worth plugging. Like I've been doing no comedy. My life is just nothing. My friends are like, What are you doing all day? I'm like, I'm cleaning and playing tennis. I don't have any shows coming up either. But uh you can subscribe to this podcast that's Oh my god, do that. <laughs> conspiracy.supercast.tech or patreon.com slash unpops dude please do or yeah if you need work if you need like work with the kind of stuff i do or whatever like i don't know think about it think about it all right let's get the fuck out of here laura say goodbye bye goodbye everybody we love you joe scarborough didn't murder anyone <laughs>